Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris, and this week I'm looking for a book recommendation. About? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a perfect adaptation. You know when the book mm-hmm. and the movies, they're both good? They're both good. <sighs> That's nice, isn't it? It's a rare bird. To help me are two high school... To help... Two rare birds. Uh, <laughs> to help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ian. My name is Joseph Harvey Holshue. I am a high school English teacher. And this week, if you are looking for a perfect movie adaptation, I brought Stop 1990s that. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's a good movie. That's, that, that's how I started. You know, like I, what I didn't do is start with books right. and think right. like, okay, I got to go watch all these movies now and see if they're good. I just started with movies that I really like. Bonjour, Monsieur Nick. Salut, Monsieur Joe. Tiens, head. This week I am Prince Ian Dijon, a long lost royal of the Nevada, Nevada branch of the Dijon family, forced to teach high school English to subsidize my ermine habit. This week I brought the royalist books Spare <laughs> by Prince Harry. Wait, the book Spare by Prince Harry? No, I mean the Princess Diaries by oh, Meg Cabot. That's why it's all royal and such. Got it. The Princess yeah, Diaries. I'm sorry. Is that French? Um, he, he did say bonjour. French. Um, there's a <clears throat> what accent was that? Ian? That was that was supposed to be uh, a, a absolutely racist caricature of French. Um, of French. Okay. French. The 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 book isn't about French. French, but um, do they have princesses in French? In France, no. in France, they killed all the princesses and the other royals as well. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> French is the worst dressing, isn't it? Oh, I like it a lot. You like French? Interesting. It's, it's, it's my go-to. It's, it's my your go-to? go-to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm at a salad bar and they have a bunch I'm of- I'm sorry. You live in Wisconsin. Your go-to, your go-to is contractually ranch. No. Well, for pizza, French. sure. <laughs> like for French fries to dip in, sure. But no, French dressing is for Lidheads, my salad. Lidheads, do you have pitchforks? Do you have torches? Because Ian's got, being racist a, again, again, against people from Wisconsin now. Ian, do your Wisconsin accent. Do your racist Wisconsin accent. Now. <laughs> all right. So uh, this morning, I am. Uh, all right. This is over. <laughs> Ian, did you introduce your book? I absolutely right. did. And you guys are the paying Princess close, Diaries. Close. This is a weird one because um, I don't think. Hmm, I'd be surprised if either of you are particularly familiar with the movie. I, isn't it Anne Hathaway? I think it's Anne it Hathaway. Is. It yeah. is. I'm familiar with her because she's beautiful. Okay, that's a good I, start. I want to note yeah. that uh, in our planning of this episode, I specifically gave you guys a note that says, don't bring white guy edgelord books. Jurassic you guys, Park you guys is are, not that. You guys are right on the cusp there, aren't you? <laughs> he brought the Princess Diaries. He brought a The Princess Diaries is like, is like a chick flick. It's like a... It's like a yeah. Oh, Sweet, no, he's being not sexist. The Princess Bride. Sweet chick flick. Nick, are you thinking about The Princess Bride? Yeah. He probably is. I am yeah, almost certain yes. he is. Yes. Yeah. yes. I did not bring that, though that would have been an amazing choice for this week. I'm saving that for 
when I need to really lose and embarrass myself. No, wait, the Princess minute, Diaries is different. Uh, yes. You didn't bring the Princess Bride? <laughs> That's immediate. correct. What I've been saying okay. for the last maybe three minutes is that I brought a book <laughs> called The Princess Diaries. Ian, for the last four weeks, I've been getting over COVID. I've been getting over this flu that our little adorable, sweet Eloise nep- niece, <laughs> our She's three-year-old so cute. Put her niece, on blast. Call her got out. our entire family sick. I am also still a little bit sick from seeing Eloise. <laughs> that was weeks ago. That damn Eloise. Are you saying that's why you weren't listening to me? Because I can say for sure this <laughs> habit's gone on longer than the last four weeks. Well, no, because she's three. Right. And how long have we been doing this show? I think it's about as long as she's been around. Yes. Um, Damn it. She's like a biological weapon. Isn't The Princess Bride a book, too? It is. It is. It's quite a good book. Um, yeah. I teach it. And it's also quite a good movie. Teach and I teach it. I do. Yeah. That's great. Do you do the That's voices? The fun, the fun <laughs> and silly voices? I bet you do. <laughs> I bet um, you do. I bet you're that kind of teacher, aren't you? I can either confirm or deny. I don't read it okay. out loud to them. I think we brought, this is kind of a secret boy books versus girl books week. Because Jurassic mm. Park, like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's, it's a boy book. Girls BBG. can enjoy it, but it's well, a boy okay. book. Well, L- okay. Let me be clear. My book does include a prehistoric monster biting off the head of um, a person, but the prehistoric monster is a, is a really mean grandma and the biting off is figurative. It's yeah. No, that was none of that was mine does a, have a dinosaur wearing a tiara. It, it is accurate. No, it doesn't. A tiara. No, <laughs> it's adorable. It's like a baby T-Rex and they put a crown on it and he's like, you have to listen to me. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> Are there any good book adaptations anymore? Somebody said Dune, the film, the, the television film Dune mm-hmm. is, is that, but I didn't see it because I, I'm contractually obligated to despise Timothy Chalamet. Exactly. Joe, did you see Dune? I, I did see, I did see Dune. And, um, as I, I read Dune for this You did, you show, read Dune for the podcast. And I really loved it. It felt like a, a piece of nerddom that, that I hadn't been exposed to quite yet. I read it for this show. I really loved it. And you know what I think Dune did an amazing job of is capturing the feeling of Dune. Like the movie really captured Arrakis, right? It, it, it was cool. It was oh, See, this is that edgelord note. Yeah, see? yeah this we is... just looked into it. <laughs> he just, all right, he all right. We'll do... Like actually the spice was, uh, was perfectly adapted. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Welcome, Litheads, the You Don't Know Little Weekly, as we call it strongly podcast, where every week we pick a theme. And Ian and Joe, two high school English teachers, bring book recommendations. And we do bring them. Right. We're not forced into them. And we're certainly um, not right. required to read certain books because litheads tell us to. We do what we want. Yeah, we do. Well, we no. Often you bring uh, lithead recommendations. We're marionettes. And the strings are um, the website www.tweenvogue.com. And the fingers are your fingers typing on the keyboard telling us what to read. That was a confusing prompt for Litheads to submit books. <laughs> I understand. On, I followed it. You followed it with every bit of context already acquired. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. With with three years of listening to every episode with, of this show. Only by times, being yes. on the show could you follow that. <laughs> Rule number two. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> That is rule number two. That is the the cooperative member of this this triplicate. Rule number three, only winning matters. Rule number one, omit needless words, Joe. No. Mm. Rule number one. Oh, you got it. 
Yeah, that's Only right. unavoidable spoilers. Yep. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you so it. you know the rules. <laughs> you know them. Joe? Joe, do you want to tell us what your book... Just give us 30 seconds, and I think tell us about the book, probably not the movie. Or maybe tell us about how good they both are. They're going to sound a little similar. Nick, on a remote island, scientists have brought dinosaurs back to life. But don't worry, they've taken every precaution. What could possibly go wrong? When those precautions fail, gradually and then all at once, chaos ensues. The result is an absolute onslaught of dinosaur-fueled mayhem. There's big dinosaurs, little dinosaurs, poison dinosaurs, smart dinosaurs, dumb dinosaurs, T-Rex dinosaurs, and they're all trying to kill you. It's a book about greed, betrayal, primal fear, and Chekhov's laser-guided rocket launcher. Jurassic Park, written by Michael Crichton Mm, in 1990. 400 pages of skull chomping fun i've read this book you've read, you've read this it. book yeah wow. boop, 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 boop. so i'm in total agreement <clears throat> this book strikes me as uh everybody's seen the movie but i don't think everybody's read the book right and i i do think the book is somehow lives up to the movie in a, this weird way because right. I read the you, book, you after. watch you watch the you watch the movie and you're like wait that's based on a book there's no way the book is that good and then you read the book and you're like yeah it's that good. Yeah. And yeah, that's like that the good. scuttlebutt around this book too. Like when you kind of hang out in forums and you're like, hey, like what's what's a book Uh-oh, you can't put Lord down? Yeah, in. Forums. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, strike two. <laughs> hey, boy, if I get a third strike, do I just have to leave? Joe, forums is on the list. Uh, that is an immediate second red X. This, it's a minefield. But no, people are like, hey, have you ever read Jurassic Park? Because Jurassic Park is super good. And it is. Um, it's super good. Joseph Harvey Holshue does... Newman show up in the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name is different than Newman in the book. Um, also, I couldn't stop thinking of the one It was scientist. a Newman forum that he was on. That's <laughs> when, I was, when I was reading this book, I couldn't stop thinking of the one scientist is Jeff Goldblum to the yeah, point where absolutely. every time they brought absolutely. up his name, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, right, Jeff Goldblum. This is Jeff Goldblum. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Ian, now tell me about your book because I have not read it or seen it. Yep. And you have no frame of reference for it. And this I'm not amazing. even sure if I'm thinking of the right one. <laughs> I'm I'm certain you're not. Mia Thermopolis has a lot of stereotypical high school girl problems. Body insecurity, friends who are just a bit too weird, a hopeless crush on the hottest boy in school. Then her absentee dad shows up and makes matters worse. Turns out he's a prince and she has to become a princess now. That means princess lessons and publicity and life will never be the same again. This week, I brought Meg Cabot's book, The Princess Diaries, published in 2000 i okay i love that premise because it seems like the dream right it's like oh i'm actually a secret princess but i guarantee i guarantee she's so embarrassed by it yep right like it's got to be terrible Uh, gentlemen let's jump straight into this The story is the story is is it's kind of like it's kind of like a fish out of water, but it's like a developing fish out of water because when the story begins, she's just a classic um, ninth grader, tadpole, like ninth grade girl. Plain she's, Jane. She is. She is. Um, she feels she's invisible. Um, she has weird friends. Um, there are like cheerleaders who are mean to her. It's very like high school, and it's also very two thousands, which I can get into in a bit. Um, but she is just like it's classic teenager situations, classic high school situations. And then 
her dad turns out to be a prince, and her dad has testicular cancer, and so he can't, you know, sire any more people. Okay, and sure. so and so she has to be she has to be a princess. Oh, it's funny because like the world in which there was princes and princesses, like England doesn't count, right? Like yeah, like, or, or Saudi Arabia, like or the Spain. fifteen, yeah, like those. The, obviously, there's like no modern ones, right? Or, that count or Norway, or, or Norway, or Scandinavia, right? Like yeah. back when anyway. there was really actual princes, countries that live in castles. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Matter. That they could be had you. Like, well, to, like be clear, princes, to be clear, to be clear, to be clear, dad, dad does live in a castle. Anyway, oh, he does. Yeah, there was no nobody knew about testicular cancer. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and so, so there's all this time. Is this it? is the modern era. This is today. What's, this is this is this takes place at the turn of the 20th century. So this is published in 2000. 2000. It's set in 2000. So it's one of those. Is he? He's is he completely powerless? It sounds like. Um, this really? is one of those weird, one of those weird, I, I, the closest I think probably would be like Saudi Arabia, where the ruling family actually does actually have is. a ton of power, Ooh, uh, but he's good. Don't worry. He's good. Scary. He's, he's good. good. It's also the country, the country he's prince of is, and, and that Mia will eventually be princess of <clears throat> is a tiny country that doesn't really kind of a Luxembourg type situation. Right. Um, kind of a Monaco. Yeah. Um, yes, they exist, but. Right. Is it a real start any world wars? They're not going to do any like genocide or like the, the, it's a small enough little imaginary country that the princes, the the king won't really get into too much trouble. Okay. But like they've colonized a couple countries, right? (laughs) Well, Uh, in the past, but they've probably been beaten back into submission and now they just live in some mountain village. That's like too hard to invade. I feel like there's something about, about like, uh, there's some, there's some way that she side that Cabot sidesteps that. So like, no, in fact, they were fighting against Colin. I don't know something like they that. were somehow the heroes. They've been on the side of good for their entire existence <laughs> for seventeen hundred generations. Just <laughs> like America, done no wrong. Always on the good yeah. side. Back in the fifteen hundreds, they were they were sending around letters saying, "Guys, stop colonizing. <laughs> it's not nice." Guys, I think we are going to look back on some of our actions and really be embarrassed. <laughs> Ooh, guys, it's not not a good look. Okay, so yeah, so um, so uh, she she discovers she's a she's a princess, and um, then much of the book is her having to deal with like, do I tell my friends? Um, sweet. Do do I? How do I like? What happens when the press finds out and sort of comes around and, and bothers me? Um, is this person that I had a crush on? Is he actually interested in me, or is he just using mm, me for want me for my gold? Yes, gold, a gold. Is digger. this this is like the reverse of spare? It's the princess, not the prince. Absolutely, sure, absolutely. The it's it's yeah. the anti spare. Yes, it's the yes. anti spare. First off, Mia Theropolis. That sounds very Greek. <laughs> Super Greek. <laughs> um, the, so she has her mother's name. Uh, her dad has a long royal name but she, she uh, mom and dad mom and dad mom and dad conceived Mia out of wedlock mom's not married to dad so mom is like this liberal artist in New York City and she is a single mother and they're very happy with with um, Mia she Mia and her are very happy together okay um, and then dad sort of like sweeps and he's like hey you're illegitimate illegitimate you're a bastard but oh my god um, you're all i have you're all i have Mia in terms oh, of that's not, still not very nice is it well he doesn't say bastard but <laughs> it's <did>. implied <laughs> <laughs> it's the silent bastard one of the things i like about this book is i think 
I think the fantasy, like you're saying, is is absolutely desirable for for honestly for any of us. I wouldn't mind being a princess, but um, both an overnight one. Yeah, and and yeah. in reality, in practice, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot, and 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 especially if you're especially if you're 14 years old and you you don't know who you are really, and you don't know how like you fit in in, the, in with the world around you. Psych, here are a bunch more responsibilities. Here's a relationship that you have to have with your with your family that you you haven't had before. So it's really like this is a hilarious book. This is a this is a heartwarming book. This is it's really really funny mostly, but it's also kind of psychologically true. How much is this Cinderella? Like you you mentioned her, she's like kind of frumpy in high school, and then all of a sudden, like she takes her glasses off. Right? There is a. There is a glow up, absolutely. Okay, but the glow up comes with the glow up comes with um, some kind of second thoughts. So when she of when course. she glows up, um, there's like, well, is this me? And some people are yeah. like, no, that's not you. I liked you better when you were like authentic. Right. Um, this is so like You've this is changed. she lives in she lives in Greenwich Village. I don't know I don't know if right. you guys know much about New York City, but she lives in Greenwich Village. Um, the idea right. of I love that kind place. Of, being authentic or true or, or representing oneself um, appropriately mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of being a poser is big. Um, and so she feels she's been a, she's a poser. Her best friend thinks she's a poser. Um, right. And there's a lot a of princess sort of living among artists. I mean, get out of here. No, you know what I mean? Hike. Did, did, did they tell her to take a hike? And did, did she prove them all wrong? Well, uh, at first, nobody knows. She tries to keep it a secret. Right. She does keep it a secret for a long time. And then when right. she eventually, when it, when it comes out, everything does change. Cabot does a good job of like keeping that sort of like everyone knows until towards the end. Because um, I think if, if you reveal this early on, then you've got a different story. It's not quite so compelling. Yeah. If you had a friend who just told you, oh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a princess. Mm-hmm. Is there any piece of information, any scenario in which could convince you that they're not, they weren't just lying to you the entire time? It depends on how close a friend they are, because like at, at a certain point you trust someone and like they're, they're not going to. What if they were do... as close as you and I and Joe? Right. If you what if revealed, I was like, by the way, guys, I'm what, a what prince. Today on this podcast that I'm you a two princess. are both, you're both butlers. I would believe it. Um, and I would support you in that new lifestyle. Even you are though so mean, sweet. It would mean that we. Our, our podcast would change. I would, I would we need, you you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Yeah, I'm a um, guy. Humble. Okay. Too. So we got the glow up. Ian, is there also a little growing up? Oh. Yeah. This is a little bit of a building robot. I knew it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, and, uh, she, she is, I wouldn't say she's like mature and, and grown up by the end of the book. It doesn't, it doesn't take place over. Shut up. Oh, it's printing. Something's oh, no, printing. It's, it's uh, it doesn't take place over a long period of time, but... You're not going to uh, bake your, burn your gingerbread cookies, Ian. Do you need to go? I'll go in three minutes. I'm okay, we've got three minutes that, that was the pre-timer that just <laughs> to went off. Finish that was the thought. pre-timer that reminded him that a timer's about to go off. He knew, he knew. He said she doesn't early. completely grow up, but, but Cabot does a nice job. The author does a nice job of kind of like showing that trajectory. So she makes some mature <clears> choices and she you know, apologizes to her... Um, her best friend, and she starts to make peace with the fact that her algebra teacher is dating her mom. And like, oh, that kind of be the worst. <laughs> like, like, can we just all discuss for a second? Or, that well, has it could to be, be English teacher.
Yeah. So um, this is part of a series. It's part of a, what, I, what, we, what we might call a media empire. A universe. Um, Whoa. There are the princess first. There are 16 of these books. <laughs> book. Is this the first? This is the first. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. And you read all 16 though, right? <sighs> I wish. Um, I wish I had the time for that. So she's written 16 of these books. There are 12 volumes in, of the princess diaries because they're all written in the form of diaries, which we shouldn't talk about before I'm done. Epistolary. 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 Are you maybe? kidding me with that? With Paul? Ian's just coming rapid fire. Buildings Roman. Wah, wah, wah. Epistolary. Wah, yeah. wah, wah. There it is. Any other? Um, uh, adaptation, I guess. That's not really one of our things. Uh, so there are 16, 16 books in this, in this sort of, in the princess, in the pr- princess diaries series proper. There's also middle school series with Mia's younger half sister, there are these two big movies. Um, Julie Andrews is the princess, is the queen figure, and Hathaway. This is her kind of breakthrough role. She hadn't really had anything yeah. before before this movie. Um, weird little fact on the side: if you've seen the movie Litheads, you know the the movie is set in San Francisco, not New York, um, and it was filmed on location in San Francisco, I believe, uh, with discounts for filming because. The film has a cameo by the San Francisco mayor as oh, himself. No. Um, that's just, that's not the fun fact. The fun fact yeah. is in the movie, Mia, Mia lives in this amazing, um, amazing house. That's got like a fireman's pole and such. And it's now an Airbnb. And my wife and I have stayed there and slid down. Oh, that's actually pretty fun. Yeah. So, fun. so when I, when I, when, I, when we went, when we stayed, there was years ago. Um, I hadn't seen the movie. I was like, okay, whatever. This is interesting. And then I was watching the movie like, wait, <laughs> wait I know that poll. I've been on that poll. <clears throat> <laughs> foreshadowing. Like real life foreshadowing. So this is one of Cabot's first novels. Uh, I don't believe it's her first first, but it was definitely early. And she writes at an incredible pace. I think <laughs> like I, I was scrolling through her Wikipedia no, just through the, the separate Wikipedia article for books she's written, and it's so long. Yeah. I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. She has like probably 12 to 15 different book series Unreal. that are being released on a on a kind of regular basis. And it's in, it's like it's like goosebumps level. It's gotta be. She has <laughs> multiple books released every year. I like I don't know how multiple? a single like how yes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's wild how authors do this. Like some authors, like, you know, like a book every five years, a book every decade, you know. And then some authors are just like, I'm releasing for a year. Like I'm keeping this. This girl money has psychic coming. powers because she was struck by lightning. This yeah. girl was abducted, and the trauma gives her the ability to see the the locations of other abducted kids. This person has yeah. this power. So on and so on. And just it's like, like two different philosophies of writing. It's like sometimes I'm gonna like hone this, I'm gonna craft this, and some people are just like, I'm gonna throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Psychic power struck by lightning, seems like a book. But but they're all the series, correct? I mean, she's no. like so she, no. No, she's oh, got oh, the okay. princess, she's got the princess verse, and then there are like, like I say, twelve to different fifteen separate like series that she has cu- currently running. Some of them wow. are I can, kind of canceled. Uh, a bit. There's one that's kind of all. It seems to be all a bunch of fat jokes. Um, Ooh, um, that one hasn't been no, no 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 new books have been published in that series since. Yeah, not a good translation. Two thousand eight, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was over. Is this? She. I bet this is beloved. 
Uh, is this a beloved series of books? It seems it seems very very well thought of. We don't know because we only spend time on forums. But <laughs> is to to like a lot of so, other people, is this uh, is this just the bees? I knees? think so, and I think I think the princess the Princess Diaries movie really helped. So this is a Disney movie, and it was made. It's it's rated G, um, but it's also a chick flick, which is kind of an interesting okay. crossover. So it's like it's like a it's like a teenage chick flick, um, and. Cabot herself says like these movies were they were very successful and this is a probably a big part of why the books are so popular but yeah it it is it is popular and it's kind of for like for for a lot of people it's nostalgic um this yeah. came out in 2000 um that was a that was just long enough ago it came out before the twin towers fell a different world it was just long ago that like it feels different it feels like so this is one of the things that I, I like about it. It's very much 2000. So people are talking on AOL Instant Messenger. Um, <laughs> guys, yeah. guys, we have an update. Uh, update. The Princess okay. Diaries 3 has been confirmed and it is in the works. Yep. Okay, so diary gonna... heads. Diary heads. It's coming. The, the diary heads. Diary head sounds a lot like diarrhea. It sounds I know a lot it does. like the word diarrhea. I know it's, it's disappointing. <laughs> right. I think I was considering book, this for my book. Tiffany's the fact that diary sounds so much like diarrhea much like diarrhea joe start <sighs> kick us off with some bone <sighs> crunch okay yeah dinosaur noises. you know the in the movie the dinosaur screams are so good like they're so like primal and shrieky and like they feel so real and then you're just like but they don't know like they don't know what a T-Rex sound. Okay, like it might so have just, yeah. here's here's here. This is a, let's just jump into the comparisons that I'm familiar with. Let's just start. Well, let me just start with the Newman. one thing that let's start blew, with Newman. Let's start with Newman. Let's Obviously, with we'll Newman. work our way through these forums here. But uh-huh. all right, the number one thing that blew mine was blew my mind was that in the blew book, yep. Joe. Yep. Dinos T-Rex can see. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like can they can see. absolutely see. That's He's got eyes. Entirely made up. That's not a thing. No. Nope. Oh, sit still, and the T Rex can't see you. That might be one of the most genius plot devices. Yes. In a, yes. like that. Well, it's, I mean, oh, if you ask anybody, I think people think that that's real. Oh, a hundred. I think I. I feel like I've seen something about this, like um, a list of the bogus scientific. <laughs> facts that people have like misapprehensions that people have from this movie specifically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and this book is, I will say full of uh, Michael Crichton, author of this book has a totally medical background. Like he is a scientist. He is um, he's a book a big doctor. tall guy. He's, he's, he's a book doctor. He's six foot nine. Tall? I think we right. should get that oh, out of the, wow. we should get that out right he's away. Six, six nine. Foot wow. That's, That's bigger than me. Freaking I'm a tall man. He's, he's taller than me. He's a monster. He's a monster. He's six foot. He nine. understands monsters. Much like the monsters he writes about. Yes. Yes. This guy was always going to be a writer. Like he went to Harvard. He started with an English degree. He switched to like pre-med. He was writing books, publishing them under pseudonyms through college and through medical school. And then um, only once he graduated from Harvard Medical School, he never actually practiced medicine, um, did he start publishing under the name Michael Crichton at this point. He's he's in one of these productive boys. He does a lot of books. He does. Even if you just like look at a picture of him, this guy's winning. This guy's, he's a winner. He's a winner. That's exactly it. Um, In Robert Gottlieb's book, um, we, we, uh, 
he talks about working with Michael Crichton and he talks about how Michael Crichton is one of the only writers who ever worked with who basically worked as quickly as Gottlieb did. He said, when I, when I worked on his first book, he would send me a copy of it. I would give him notes by the next day. Like I would read the whole thing. I'd give him notes by the next day. I'd send them to him and I would have a new version of that book two days later, right? Like he would just pound through them. He, Mm. okay. I would describe his writing as like very plain, Mm -hmm. but, um, extremely captivating. Like, like just things are happening in every sentence. Like you are just, it's very workmanlike. Yeah. Yeah. Workmanlike. It, it, like this book has a tremendous gravity to it. Like, Mm -hmm. like once you get into the dinosaur stuff, it absolutely pulls you. Like it pulls (laughs) you forward, pulls you forward, pulls you forward. he, He knows, like, I think he also knows what people or has a sense of what people will be into. He's like, yeah. hey man, these are like, these are, there's enough science, enough science so we can keep it, keep it engaging. But also he, others of his books have been, he doesn't really do much. I think doesn't do much in like the, the realm of the supernatural. It's always kind of like the scientific and the like quasi pseudoscience. But um, his books about like, um, like pandemics and stuff mm-hmm. are like, they get you They're like, yeah. whoa, Hey, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, so Nick, yes, Tyrannosaurus Rex is can see. Um, other thoughts on this book, Nick? You, you're coming. This is the the rare Nick book that he's he's read. I read the sequel too. That's how good. Whoa. the Yeah, wow. back to back. I'm like, I gotta read the next one. I gotta uh, see which what happens next. I think he only wrote two, right? No, yeah, the the Lost World was the sequel, mm-hmm. and I think somebody else wrote all the other Jurassic Park books yeah, after Chris that. Chris Pratt wrote the rest. Chris yeah. Pratt wrote the rest. That's right. <laughs> and then he put himself in the movie. What a typical yeah. Pratt. Uh-huh. Okay, so Joe, for those not familiar, yeah. okay, I guess. so. For those not familiar with Jurassic Park, it's a story. Stop the podcast. Go watch the movie. <laughs> it's a story about um, a group of scientists and and a kind of slightly maniacal billionaire who wants to start a dinosaur theme park. They that's probably enough. Yeah, they, st- they for find those not familiar. DNA, that's they, actually they enough information. <laughs> I don't remember. In the book, is he like? It doesn't go well. In the movie, you ever call him being just kind of like a gentle, bumbling idiot yeah. who doesn't listen to people. Mm-hmm. In the book, is he more? Um, is he more evil? Is he more Elon Musk and less like sort of you? Yeah, you've touched on one of the primary differences I think between oh, the book and the movie right now. Right. Like in the book, he's just kind of this. I'm sorry. In the movie, he's kind of this bumbling, well-meaning yeah. old guy who just yeah. wants to do this neat thing. In the movie, or I'm sorry, in the book, he is a capitalist like he mm-hmm. has funded this he is going to make a trillion dollars from this he mm-hmm. owns all of this he like is kind of disgusted by like the pure sciencey scientists like the ones who yeah. just want to like advance mankind um and and not tinker with nature right like he thinks that's gross because you can't make money doing that he's he's the bad guy like, like our, um, he's the bad the full guy. on way more charming in the movie than he is in the book. Way more like there's zero yes. charm. He's just an evil bastard. Well, but be, I mean, part because who he is mm-hmm. the, um, like the actor. Yeah. Right. Who is Ooh, the actor? Ooh, this is getting a little I'm for me. Um, okay. So like, okay. So he wrote, he wrote Westworld. Um, he wrote, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, well, yes. But I think not with the, somebody that you're familiar like, with. 
The old, the old West world. He wrote the old West world. Yeah. But it, it source material at some level, sure. right? Oh, it's Richard Attenborough. It's Richard Attenborough. He's like yeah. the grandfather of the, of the world. Amazing, Wait a minute. Right? Is like he, is he related to David Attenborough? Yes, they're, bro- they're he's brothers. He's got to be. They're they're brothers. Brothers. There's only two people with that name. But I think it's wow. a really interesting move. It's an mo- interesting move by the, mo- by the film to say, hey, we're not going to cast like some, some actor who will play like Burns from, from uh, the Simpsons. But rather... Is that your Burns impression? Yeah. You know, Excellent. Um, oh. God. Not, <laughs> not that guy. We're not going to cast an actor who will give us that. We're going to cast grandfatherly, not not yeah. evil. That's yeah, a, it's not, an interesting. Like, that's why the movie's so good. It starts off as such like a friendly like this. Yeah, is, it's I, a bait and switch. Gonna go, right? This is going to mm. go great. Like the grandpa, grandpa's here. There's Jello. <laughs> What's the problem? Uh-huh. Okay. What are what are some other differences, Joe? Uh, oh, the, one the of my favorite comes differences. To my, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. No. No, uh, you go. One of my favorite t- differences is in the book, there's a second T-Rex. Two right. T-Rexes in right. the book. But Two one X. of them is just a juvenile T-Rex. And how dangerous could that possibly be, right? Mm-hmm. It's only Nick, a one-story house. It's incredibly dangerous, yeah. These things are both super successful. Like we've seen Jurassic Park the movie. We love Jurassic Park the movie. Nick, you and I have read Jurassic Park the book. Ian, have you read Jurassic Park the book? Have you read this I one, have. Ian? I you have. have. Yes. You okay, have read we've this. all read okay. this at this point. One of the things that makes both of these successful is a really, I think it's a really cool trick. In both the book and the movie, they are both incredibly, incredibly capable of making you as a reader feel like prey right like you feel like you are being hunted when you read this and that is not a way that you and i feel in our day-to-day lives like we absolutely that's true men (laughs) fellow men we are apex predators congratulations we have conquered Uh, the world uh, gender gender aside i think i think think humanity like this this is one of my, my one of my my pet topics the idea that whether or not we are in fact invincible, we have the sense that science and technology make us invincible. We're out of the food super, chain. Super good for humans to realize whether that's in fact as they look at a wildfire coming down towards their house, or uh-huh. in in fiction as they think about a dinosaur biting their head off. It's really good for us to realize we are in fact small. You, we are small, and this book makes you feel small. It makes you feel like the hunted absolutely all the time. And when we think of Jurassic Park, we think of like T-Rexes and we think of Velociraptors. Jello. Yeah. This book, everything is dangerous. Like even little cute dinosaurs that feel like they're friendly little cute dinosaurs, incredibly dangerous. Absolutely will kill you, right? And by the way, they're on an island filled with like cliffs and waterfalls and jungle and that stuff also can kill you, right? I think that's part of the tension too, is like, it's not from one person's perspective. So you're just jumping around from kind of person to person. And at any point, this character could be eaten by a dinosaur. (laughs) Okay. So one of the crazy things, because this is such a small island, and this really comes across in the book in a way that I think maybe in the movie it doesn't, because it's such a small island, even when our heroes escape from immediate danger, right? Like they get out of the situation, they, they, they go around the bend, they go you know, down the river, they escape. 
they are still on an island with dinosaurs. And like, even when the Jurassic, even when the Tyrannosaurus Rex roars on the other side of the island, right? All the way on the other side, they still hear it. Like it's yeah. still right here. They like sure the danger do. is constantly there. Claustrophobic. It's so yeah. claustrophobic. Uh, like, I guess, so it's a 10 out of 10 action movie yep. book. But like, um, action movie book. book. Um, <laughs> I would say like a 9.75 because well, the screaming children. I said the screaming children are annoying. Not enough screaming sure. children in the movie. In the you movie. mean they're annoying? Yeah, it's fine. You watch yeah. it again, you're like, they should be freaking out way fucking more. Screaming <laughs> <laughs> hard enough. Yeah. Not enough. Are be, they're being but the, I mean, the, I think the thing that makes this book good is, it, and the book does this way more than the movie is like the whole, I mean, it's totally a commentary on like capitalism and greed. Oh God. Uh, the book, especially the book, <laughs> what, like way right, more. So has right, way more right. depth. Like the characters, right. you, you know about them, you know, like what kind of what they stand for. And it's not like a campy action. Nope. One of my, right. one of my favorite changes between the book and the movie is um, Jeff Goldblum in the book, Dr. Ian Malcolm, right? He, he's the voice of caution. Right, like he's the which is true in the movie as well. He's the voice of caution in the movie. He's the voice of caution in the book. In the book, after he gets murked by a T Rex, right, he doesn't die. Right, he doesn't die, and instead they basically wheel him into a bed um, (laughs) in the same room as our maniacal billionaire. Right, and they like hide out, like they camp out there the rest of the book. Right, basically having a—it's not really a buddy comedy, but like here are two guys. It's like a buddy comedy if the buddies hated each other. If they hated <laughs> each other, and Jeff Goldblum is in bad shape, he's slipping in and out of consciousness this whole time. When he wakes up and he like is able to speak with, um, oh my God, I have Hammond. Uh, there we go, Hammond, 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 Hammond. cheese, David Attenborough. David Attenborough, when he wakes up and he's able to speak to David Attenborough, when he wakes up and he's able to speak with Hammond, he entirely uses that time to just lay into David Attenborough and talk about like the hubris of man and how he screwed up and how dare he and the evils of capitalism. And then he slips back into his semi-coma. And there's some of my favorite scenes in the book. Like it's just him waking up and being like, you know what else you screwed up? Yeah, it's it's like totally when you have like this evil character and they never get told off appropriately. They kind of get away with it. Almost yep. this entire book is him telling him off. <laughs> right, there's like intermissions <laughs> and, throughout this entire and book. And another thing. It's just, it's just an excuse for commentary against capitalism, 100%. basically. hundred percent. That's what it is. But, it, but as the reader, you're really satisfied by it. Like it's kind of, yeah. fun's maybe not the right word, but it's kind of great. Michael Crichton's like, if I want to tell off capitalism, I got to have some bone crunching dinosaur scenes in, in this, to make this palatable. Yeah, that's I'm it. Not, spoonful, not... of, spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah, yeah. spoonful of mm-hmm. different Julie yeah. Andrews property. I'm not super sure that Michael Crichton was as anti-capitalism as this book would make him seem. Oh yeah, um, his politics are interesting. Uh, yeah. In in um oh, in my, my God. in my American literature class, I teach. Um, we have an essays unit, and one of the essays is him from the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically weighing in on how all of these feminists should just probably simmer down a bit. Oh, and that, that sounds right. He, he has a lot of takes like that. Yeah. Like a lot of take, it takes in general. And my students are like, huh, what do we do with this? I'm like, that's your job. What do you do with it? Yeah, it's amazing. 
But he yeah. is a he is a manufacturer of takes, which he is a manufacturer of takes. You know. He also he created the TV show ER, which I didn't know. Like really he developed the TV show wow. ER, which he's just incredibly rich. He's got to be which so means rich. that Jurassic oh, Park God, might yeah. not be his most lucrative property. <laughs> That's incredible. Gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's, a safe place for you to tell me all the terrible things about your book, finally. And it mm, won't be finally. held against you, because we need to pick a winner. So, Joe, tell me something bad about this book. The book ends pretty differently than the film does, right? And after the the danger is at least abated, right, for now, right? Like, and they, they're in a place where the island is somewhat back under their control. You've just spent 360 pages running from dinosaurs, running from dinosaurs, yep. running from dinosaurs, running from dinosaurs. Nothing in the world is more dangerous than dinosaurs. In the last like 50 pages of this book, a handful of the remaining characters get together and they're like, hey, I think we should go find a velociraptor nest. <laughs> I think we should go back into the jungle, Stupid. crawl into a hole with velociraptors and count the eggs for science because we it's need like sequel, to see- It's like sequel logic, right? It's like we have to set up the sequel somehow. And mm. as the reader, like, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, well, right. Well, these characters are purely science and they would do this. You absolutely do not buy it as the reader. You're like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. Velociraptors are so freaking dangerous. Trying to make more money. Yes. So I, I we need to go back and get a sack of money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, minus a couple points for uh, a a couple transparent points. money grab. Ian. <laughs> um. My book is written, uh, published in, in 2000, set in 2000. The effect of all of the 2000 era uh, stuff, like everything is very much of, of its era. Um, the effect of that is endearing and dated. And that's not what the book is going for. So like it's nostalgic, but that does not click with kind of what the it, it, uh, the book. I wouldn't say the book hasn't aged well, but when it came out, I'm sure it felt very, very hip and of the moment. Now, 23 years later, it feels like a relic. Of There's nothing era. that seems to age quite like early 2000s, like the <laughs> no. 2000 to 2000. I'm not sure why that 10 years like just ages so poorly. Yeah, but it so does. We, well, weirdly, right? Weirdly, it feels weirdly. Like it's, it's pre, like it's digital, but it's pre-smartphone. It just feels yeah. very, very different. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just because that was our nostalgia period. Yeah, where yeah it I could be. I mean, maybe every generation has said the same thing about a specific yeah, 20 right, years. Maybe, maybe that's just the 20 years ago effect, right? It's, yeah. why, it's why clothes yeah. from 20 years ago are dorky and clothes from 30 years ago are awesome. <sighs> well, yeah. um, I don't know. Joe, I've, I've read your book and I've seen yeah, your movie, so you point. lose. Yeah, I'd, like, yeah, to, I'd like to try something new here. Ian, right. although I would like to hear a Dr. Ian Malcolm quote more than anything. Ian, you win. All right. Very nice. All right. Um, hi, Lidheads. I hope you're hi. doing well. I want to speak directly <laughs> Look to you. you have to uh, face the Lidheads after a defeat. Okay, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry Lidheads. I let you down. I'm sorry. Apologize. I'm so sorry I let you down. Yeah. All right. Lidheads, um, we, we love you. We love it when you recommend books for us. And the best way to recommend a book is to head over to tweenvogue.com where mm -hmm. you will find an, not only an archive of all of our shows, but a form where you can fill out um, book recommendations, theme recommendations, author recommendations, submit questions for Ian and Joe, uh, all those good things. It's the best place to interact with us three 
idiots. Um, we also, uh, if you want to make more litheads, the best way to tell us is to tell a bookish friend. You can rate, subscribe, do all that stuff, but um, go find yourself a friend who likes books. Be like, hey, if you like books, you might like a podcast about books. I have nice. one that we'll write you a script to litheads. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to read a quote which kind of sums up uh, uh, Mia's attitude towards her whole situation. Um, she's in trouble because she's just mashed an ice cream cone on the sweater <laughs> of the really chief cheerleader. different enemy. kind of trouble yes. than Jurassic yes. Park. <laughs> yes. Oh, and a dinosaur has just bitten off her best friend's head. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, she's in trouble. She's talking to the principal. Principal Gupta didn't look mad, though. She looked concerned. I guess that's how educators are supposed to look, you know, concerned about you. She went, Mia, I must say, when Lana came in here with her complaint, I was extremely surprised. It's usually your friend I have to pull in here. I never expected I was going to have to pull you in. Not for disciplinary reasons, academic reasons maybe. I understand you aren't doing very well in algebra. But I've never known you to be a discipline problem before. I really feel I must ask you, Mia, is everything all right? For a moment, I just stared at her. Is everything all right? Is everything all right? Hmm, hold on a minute. Let me see. My mom is going out with my algebra teacher, a subject I'm flunking, by the way. My best friend hates me. I'm 14 years old and I've never been asked out. I don't have any breasts and oh, I just found out I'm the princess of Genovia. <sighs> oh, sure, I said to Principal Gupta. That's our new opening. Everything is fine. <laughs>